Hello, everyone on the internet. This is Tom and Preston. I know. From the Brand Builders Podcast. This is episode three. And we are here to continue the conversation on Les Binet's The Long and Short of It. This will be part two of two. And last week, we talked about some of the things that we learned that were in parts one and two of the paper. So we will endeavor to finish it out today and tie it to experiences we had at Chubby's. And number two, specific things you can do from an implementation perspective immediately. That is the goal. So with that, we shall begin. I'm just going to pull up the paper right about now. Tom, how are Thanks. you today? I am splendid. Splendid? Let's see. I uh, had a couple of these. They're not a sponsor, but I had a couple of these chuck show. Uh, oh. chocolate. Uh, they're like coconut, dark chocolate coconut cup. They're so delicious. I won't. I won't eat into the microphone, but they are. They are, they, are, are they stunning. Protein heavy? No, I think it's just I've convinced myself that uh, dark chocolate is a superfood, um, and thus any amount that I eat of it is totally fine. It completely um, is. And coconut, I think, is pretty good. It's got like the good fats. I think it's a healthy dose of good fats, not too much sugar. So I'm into that. Um, but so As if, am I. You know, that's the latest in uh, my day. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to hear. I'm ready to talk about some long and, and short um, results and coming from short shorts empire, you know, takes a lot to convince us of anything long. That's right. That's, that's right. <laughs> if there's anyone in the world who's skeptical of this stuff, it would be us. <laughs> that's right. We have every right um, to not believe in the long. Where do you want to start? Let's start with the when when we were when we closed out last time. We said we hinted that we would talk about two ideas from the close of section two. One of them being share a voice slash. Bennett, I think, is using share of search as maybe the modern version or a similar version of that. So we can talk about that. And then we can talk about section two starts to introduce the actual ideal split of long and short from a budgetary or percentage basis. And hint, hint, it's 60-40 in favor of brand. But those are potentially two things that we can kick off this conversation with as the two takeaways from yeah. section two. And then maybe we can, um, at the end, and, and figure out how to rearrange these if we want to, talk about the brand activation concept. Um, oh, is that in section that I one? Was, I think it is. Maybe it's in section one. Um, but just talk about that because as you're thinking about like the split between long and short, there's this kind of um, mystical brand activation sort of idea in there. Um, and I think it's kind of cool to think about, particularly if we're businesses that are 
trying to um, build brands, but also trying to figure out how to measure it. Um, there's a question on how can start customers activate on brands? Um, okay, cool. Well, so, so in this, they talk about it explicitly from like a creative perspective um, mm -hmm. of where the creative is oriented towards activating on the brand. So taking some sort of action, but in this case, it's not a direct response shopping action. It's um, an action on behalf of the brand. Um, and so, sorry, brand response. That's what they call it. Brand response, not brand activation. Um, yep. So one of the examples they had was uh, this Sainsbury's campaign um, that they did a specific case study on where they were running this uh, TV campaign for three years, which like qualified for long-term. And then alongside it, they started to run this, um, this brand response kind of, um, uh, uh, campaign alongside of it, I guess. Right. Um, and this response was this, like pick up a free idea card and, um, and they could pick up, um, some and this, these idea cards connected to the concept from Sainsbury's. I admit I came in without much um, understanding of who Sainsbury's was <laughs> and still don't have the greatest, but it's kind of the idea that what you're activating on is the brand itself as opposed to shopping, right? You can take a lot of different actions in your life um, that aren't buying the product. Um, and if those actions are oriented towards the brand, that's what might Called this brand response um, idea, um, and so they saw that when you paired your brand with brand response, that that was even more effective um, at driving long-term sales. Um, and um, so, so I'll turn it over to you, maybe for the first hot take. Um, how do you? How, how did you think about that when you came across that in the book? Right, like there's the notion of the long and the short, but there's this like tweener idea of, but if you can manage this, then it's even sweeter. It makes me think of this post that uh, Mike, CEO of Liquid Death, wrote where he was basically just kind of delineating between marketing and, and brand building. And at the end of the day, those initiatives have the goal of driving responses. And I think the way, one of the ways that I Digester internalized his point is that if we are marketing, using his terminology, the responses we're driving are on the product level and are therefore um, delineated by or decided by or evaluated by product, product features, et cetera. But then if you're building brand, it's driving action or response on behalf of the company or the brand. And one of those two things, and hint, hint, it's the latter in his mind, and I think our minds as well, um, has more durability to it and is durable, I think, predominantly because of the fact that effectively anyone can duplicate the product, but no one can duplicate your company, your brand, who exactly you are, what makes you uniquely you. So that was something that came to my mind as we were talking about this, bringing this up was just this idea that responses. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where maybe there's, hey, when you're doing brand, 
I don't even know what these responses are. It's impossible to think about, impossible to measure. And in some ways, it's just, it's just a different set of responses. And we want, ideally, these responses on behalf of our brand to take place. Because if, if those responses aren't happening, then, then maybe there's something wrong with the way that, from a creative perspective, what we're putting out there. So anyways, that was one thought that just came to my mind is this idea that responses are, are what we're ultimately trying to drive. And then they, they might just manifest in different ways, especially if on one end it's on the product side and then on one end it's responses on behalf of company or on behalf of brand. And then the, the resilience and the long-term impacts that come from responses in that latter category. That was one idea I had, but how have you been thinking about it? I think that's a great call. Like at the end of the day, you're looking for a response. And for the 5% of people who are in market for your product, great. That response can be buy the product. And it can be using all of their knowledge about your brand, but then going into a product decision with like that as the value prop, plus all the other things that are related to the product. Um, but for the 95% of people who aren't in market, what are the responses they can have? <clears throat> and what I thought was really interesting about this is, um, is the degree to which one having some sort of response and some sort of tie-in. And, and in their world, they were looking at this like in-person thing where a person could literally grab a physical right. car and take it yeah. out. But the immediate thought I had was like, there is a, there is a plethora of responses available to the 95% of people who aren't currently shopping for your business or your, your, your category, there's, there's a massive number of responses they can take digitally. Um, and it's the easiest response to take. And it's one of the more genuine responses to take um, in social media, in search engines, um, visiting your site. There's just a lot of different behaviors they can engage in that are responses to your brand and responses to your creative and responses to what you're doing. And even though it's not a kind of clever, take this card, I believe the impact is very similar in when you can get somebody to take an action towards your brand, that is a non-shopping action, but it's an action. It's really valuable. Now, like the degree to which it's valuable, you need to figure out, um, but is valuable. Um, and it's something that I think is under tracked these days. It's one of the things I thought was really interesting because in the digital age, like in, yeah. in 2024 now, in the future, um, you a customer has so much, so many tools to respond. So you don't have to have this big cutout cardboard thing with a bunch right, of cards on exactly. it um, to get responses. And that's that can be even more genuine. It can be an even more valuable use case because to to interact with your brand, then they're seeking you out, which is really cool. It's a great response to your brand. Um, and one of the yeah. incredible kind of levers and one of the things that we misunderstood, I think, in the early days of Chubby's about digital and why digital was so transformative to, to retail brands was for in our world, whoa, like now you can buy from us and we don't have to be around the corner from you um, and we can build a business much more quickly. This is so convenient. We're going to cut out the middleman and all this stuff. And the reality is, is like... <laughs> that's still a tiny percentage of the market. Right. Um, the middleman is valuable. Um, they're great partners. They're great brand builders. They've got a lot of expertise in this domain. Um, 
And but what digital brought was a new set of responses and a new set of engagement tools that customers have to engage with that with any brand they like during that ninety five percent of time um, when they're not actively shopping for the product. So that that was a really cool nuance and, and kind of um, drawing that I had from that because remember this was written in twenty thirteen exactly. Which is like that's what I was going to Tubby's say is how much more relevant it is now. Yeah, exactly. But in a way that like everything comes back, man. Bell bottoms are gonna yeah. come back. Well they and I mean they are back. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> J here, I'll be, J and Co jeans are gonna come back. Um, dude, it's all back. But I was watching Saturday Night Live. I'm old. It I, I really feel old looking at everything that <laughs> is being worn and how it's everything that was worn whatever 15 years ago. you're right it all comes around it's all there but um, anyway yeah and, and let's 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 keep going oh, go no uh, I, well, well i think it's a perfect segue actually i think it's a perfect segue to the section two takeaways and let me see if i can tie a bow really nicely so we're talking about brand response brand responses and one of the key takeaways in section two is this idea of share of voice which maybe 13 years ago, 10 years ago, et cetera, excuse me, when it came out was honestly, I don't know exactly how it was calculated, but potentially survey-based, um, maybe some of it was using digital indicators, but now the ability to, whether it be look at share of search or share of social, um, the amount of data that we now have compared to 10 years ago, world's different. So we start to think about all of these brand responses, all of the data, the objective data that is driven by action. Les Bennett talks, obviously, when he, when he speaks about share of search, shortcoming of surveys being what people say versus what people do. And that's why share of search is something that he thinks is interesting, similarly with share of social. Um, but to tie it to the takeaway in section two, these share of metrics and how potentially they're even more valuable, beneficial when you're actually looking at what people are doing versus what people are saying and how that has been shown to tie to future business results, whether it be changes in market share, growth, et cetera, which yeah. quite, quite interesting and how that can be one set of the behaviors as brand builders we can look at as an indicator of how we are potentially impacting the long or longer of it. So maybe, yeah, let's yeah. transition if we may to section two, whether it be share of share ideas. Of. Yeah, let's talk about um, the share ofs. I think that's really interesting because at Chubby's, I don't think we gave too much credit to it. Um, right. Um, except in the like once annual survey right. to see how our, we're doing relative to competitors. Um, and um, we did a little bit, but it wasn't like a KPI for us. And I think the, um, I don't think that was right, but I don't think it was extremely wrong because like, I think being wildly worried about competitors is slightly distracting. Um, right. But I think what, what the share of metrics basically give you is, are you growing relative to market, right? Right. And that's valuable. 
Um, yes. And so like we would often see growth and we'd be like, is everybody experiencing this? And so the way we yeah, validate totally. that is we just go talk to a bunch of businesses. Right. Right. And that's, that's the way we thought about that. But that's where I think it's really interesting is like, are, is your category just having a moment? Um, or are you having a moment distinct? Right. That? Both are good at the end of the day, <laughs> yep, <laughs> but yep. one is even better because you're more resilient um, and you can outstrip your competition there. And like dollar for dollar, more, more are going to you or, or action for action, more are going to you. The thing that I really thought was great about um, uh, Benet and Field's work here is the evolution, right? Because share of voice never really resonated with me. Um, right, same. As a marketer who started when the main things we were using were social media tools, right? Like at the right. end of the day, it was like, we didn't have very high share of voice in terms of like what media we were running. Um, and you can buy share of voice. But I think like, if you think about the validity from the 1980s through 2013 data set, sharing virality were concepts that were like, you know, I think South Park was an example of pre-internet virality, but like there are very right. few of these things that exist. It was like a cassette tape passed around. Um, <laughs> but it's really hard to get the distribution from a virality perspective back then. And so share a right. voice probably is the main thing that matters. Just like, did you get in front of enough eyeballs? Because that's really the most important thing. Um, and like, definitely there's a creative element to that. Of course, of course, of course. Um, but controlling for that, then yeah, you just want to get in front of more eyeballs. The, the degree to which social media and shareability um, levered up content creation and got you even more distribution uh, than you otherwise would have and even more validation than you otherwise would have, I think kind of changed that um, um, a little bit. But what I like the evolution is from share of voice, which you can buy, right? Like you could buy a share right. of voice. Um, you can also earn it, um, but to share of actions, right? Share of responses. We were just talking about right. responses. And for me, like, I think that's the most important thing is how do people behave? How do people behave? How do people behave? And so you go from how much voice do I have? How loud am I to how many people are taking action off of this? And that's, that's really cool, really powerful. It's just share of search resonates with me a massive amount. And then all the metrics we're kind of exploring, which are share, like different share of social metrics. These are just like shares of these responses. And as they saw with the brand campaign paired with response, as we, as we see with direct response campaigns coming up in this performance marketing world, having an action is really great. Measuring that action is really great. Understanding how that action is valuable to your business is really great. What are your shares of all those actions is a really important metric. And that's like the thing that I, I thought was really cool about their evolution. What do you think if you're, and maybe we have three minutes, so let's see if we can do two things. One, and maybe that's too much. We can talk about applicability to someone who's operating today on any of the topics that we discussed. And then, gosh, maybe we have to just go to next time where we talk about 60-40. Maybe we start to introduce it at least a little bit, but maybe close the loop on just tactical application if you're a brand builder today um, coming out of what we discussed. What do you think? Yeah, I'll, I'll do a minute and a half and then you do two minutes. Okay. <laughs> uh, so for me, it's all about what are those responses that are happening for the 5% of shoppers? They're doing shopping actions up and down your funnel. And what are those brand actions, those brand responses that people are taking? Um, 
and how many of those are happening in an authentic, genuine way. Because each of those, to varying degrees, reinforces memory structures, reinforces emotional structures um, that people have towards your business. Um, and it's those things that like make or break that difference between them thinking of you in the moment they have your category need versus somebody else versus just being open to a product price value prop. Uh, that, was, that was kind of the most important thing for me. What about you? Yeah, I think if there's one thing I might sort of suggest from a tactical implementation perspective, it would be, do you, do you even know what your share of search is? And if you don't, find a way to, to get it. And, and this is the, as Les Bennett talks about, like the unpaid version, right? And how, how has it been trending? And where are you today? And it is explicitly called out, like this isn't a daily or weekly thing, like it's over periods of time. But if you want to understand where you are and how that's been changing, what a great way to get an understanding of some of the macro stuff, some of these other factors and where you play in your market. And I think that's one of the surprising things is we've been talking with a bunch of brands. It's surprising how few of them, for instance, even have Google Search Console set up. Not that that's exactly what this is, but there's a treasure trove of data in search and share of search. And so if there's one thing that you can do today, it's, it's kick off that process internally of understanding these search behaviors, what your share of search looks like, um, because that'll give you a wealth of information that you probably didn't have. And it'll start to pull you a little bit out of this sort of like myopic ROAS focus into what is this broader impact that I'm starting to have, starting to think a little bit about the long-term, some of these resilient behaviors, brand responses that took us a long time to really start thinking about wrapping our heads around and, and potentially is doing the, is, is a similar process that other modern brand builders are going through. Why don't you close us out? Dig it. Yeah, no, I, I think you did great. I think like, for me, that was a really cool thing, a really cool kind of discussion to get into responses um, is, is like a good insight and great for them to kind of think about this concept of brand response. And we're the benefit of 10 years of history. And during all of those 10 years, we were building a brand. <laughs> and so we got to see uh, and fail our way to understanding what this guy was writing about in 2013. <laughs> that yeah. maybe if we had read earlier, we would have saved ourselves some headache. But um, yes, I think it's all about action, right? Like passive, uh, passive viewership is no longer the thing. It's about how are people acting? And even like passive, I got some questions for you, you know, give me these survey results. Um, there's a lot of issues with them when you can just see how are people behaving? What are the things they're doing to reinforce memory structures towards me? What are the things they're doing to shop my product, to buy my product? But to not understand kind of the full picture there is, is I think, uh, um, a big opportunity for a lot of businesses. Yes, well said. And to tease for next episode, one of the most, let's call it well-known charts or visuals is starting to actually visually represent how short and long-term interact, how they actually, uh, when X is time, Y is sales, what they actually look like so that we can start as marketers, brand builders to see how they can ideally work together and understand what these time scales look like. So it's going to be a doozy in a good way. Next episode, episode four, 
Thank you, everyone, for joining the Brand Builders podcast. Until we speak again in a week, this is Preston Rutherford and my most honorable guest, Tom Montgomery. We are saying goodbye and have a lovely, <laughs> lovely Could I just be the recurring guest star? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so happy he's here today. <laughs> so, we've, got our, we've got our guest. Uh, he just cool. he's so right. kind to just keep coming back. All right, we'll jump <laughs> just on this. Give it uh, us a <laughs> All right. Oh wait, Talk don't leave. Let no, don't leave. Let's end the